Dear human, dear soul, I welcome you to my podcast series Conversations with the Universe. Since a near-death experience, I have the gift to communicate with the subtle energies of the cosmos. This happens in a form of deep meditation, where I ask certain entities of the beyond world to interact with me. As one of the first afterlife contacts, my old friend and teacher, friend of the Indians, showed himself to me. And it is now a great pleasure for me to bring you these conversations as a supplement to the books in this way. Hello, my dear Padawans. Here we are again and now have the energetic rise as well, the energetic descent behind us. That means we are now moving into the realm of the organic. And I begin, firstly, ask Native American friends about astral bodies and aura fields. Dear friend and teacher, I am ready for the next session. Tell me something about astral bodies and aura fields. If you want that, sure. You've said in the last chapter, more or less, in a subordinate clause, that the aura field is a product. It means that it is a combination, an interaction between the soul's power field and the body. So, I understood that an aura ultimately only emerges in an incarnated state? Definitely. Or did I get that wrong? Please enlighten me about it. Is there also some kind of aura in the subtle realm? Subtitles by the Amara O community. If you pose the question from the physical perspective, thus, there is the aura as an expression of the soul's power field. Mm -hmm. If you ask the question from the perspective of subtlety, there's just the force field, nothing else. Okay, I get it. So a person's aura is the expression of his soul's power field. That's how it and is. And what exactly is an astral body? There are people like me who have made or make astral travels. Those who still somehow stay with their soul in the body. At least it's somehow a weird, different state. Am I supposed to understand that? What is an astral body from your perspective, from the subtle perspective? When you have understood the connection between aura field and soul power field, so the answer is quite simple. What you call the astral body is the extension of the soul's force field. So it is that the soul, the soul's core, remains anchored in the body in this process? Yes. Okay, then the soul's force field, the soul field expands. And through stretching, consciousness also Yes, tears. that's exactly how it is. Consciousness is always firmly connected to the energy field, as you know. If the force field expands, consciousness also expands. And by stretching, I understand something that has a center and expands from it. However, when I recall my astral journeys, then I no longer perceive myself in the body. Then I was with my consciousness really completely outside the body, but again different than in a near-death experience. Flew. 
and there was some kind of transition between physical and not physical anymore. What exactly is that then? Then your consciousness has been expanded so far that you have perceived this widening through concentration and attention and not the center. But that means there's something like steering of attention in the soul too. Yes, exactly. And so it is when you stretch your fields while you are incarnated and thereby steer consciousness outside the body. Then you also perceive things outside the body. Understood? And then what about the, the supposed so-called silver cord? I have heard and read so much about it and who knows what, but never, I have never noticed that thing. Not in my astral travels, not in my near death, simply never. What you are describing is not a string either. Rather, it is the band connecting the body and the soul. And it's not really a proper description to call it a band or string, because it works over much more than just the space of a tape. But if some souls perceive this connection as a cord or band, it is still correct because it reflects the connection of the soul power with the soul core in the body. Both can never be separated from each other. So it doesn't exist that if you widen your consciousness, because you widen your energy, then lose the connection to the core? No. It would be as if you were pulling the plug from the organism. Or rather the machine, as you would say. It would collapse both. But since unplugging is not an option in the cosmos of energies, it will never happen. Okay, I understood that. I can comprehend what you mean about the expansion of consciousness. I only did this stretching as a child. Consciously perceived at night and unfortunately not. More as an adult. Why can a child experience the stretching of consciousness, i.e. astral travels faster and easier? Because the subconscious isn't so suppressed by the conscious mind. As children, you did not yet have a pronounced ego, lesser strong distractions, fewer obligations and responsibilities occupying you. All of this operates in the field of energies that you are, and slows down the expansion. That's why it's so important to maintain this flexibility, relearn it, and even practice it. <laughs> Understand. All I know is that as a child during astral travels, I often really felt these transitions out of the body and back into it. Outside the body was a world that was like empty. When I met people, they were like sleeping. Some had their eyes open, but I could not talk to them. They didn't see me. I was able to move flying, but it wasn't fulfilling. It was ultimately boring. What exactly was that? Where was I there? You explored the surroundings of your worldly place differently with your consciousness. 
but you ultimately exist in the physical world that you inhabit as a human. <laughs> Thus, you did not reach the level of the deceased or other areas, but stayed on your own level. The stretch in that way was not very large. And why then did I perceive my parents sleeping with their eyes open? Because they were unconscious in their bodies. Unconscious. Too bad. There might have been a chance that I encounter more awareness outside of the body. Yes, of course that could have been, but you know how unconscious they are. And you saw that... You kind of read in their soul energy field. Ah, right. Another time. In the afterlife, where I didn't feel the out-of-body experience so clearly anymore, but saw myself from above. The surroundings of the place were rather dark. And I've sensed such creeping energies, almost goblin-like, I would say. That was very unpleasant. What was that then? These were soul fragments which have been searching for a soul to which they could attach themselves. Ah. You have also noticed these naturally in your surroundings because you have stayed on the material level where exactly such energies can be found. That leads me to another question. Does that mean the level of people like me I experience now here also makes up a very own frequency field. I mean, the level of our bodies. But yes. So, the plane of the incarnates, we could say that in the end, right? Well, it's not only, but also the level of the incarnated. And it's your physical world. And in this gross materiality, there is no subdivision. No, it is the dimension that it is. And this can also be captured energetically. Yes. If I now steer back to the deceased waiting hall, can you somehow tell me where the waiting hall of the departed is located, purely in terms of vibration? You guys should then be close. This state, the organic one, be located. Yes, that it is too. I'm asking because if a person passes away and, for example, doesn't have a lot of energy, they essentially end up in the waiting area. Couldn't it also be that in this world of the gross material lands here, can't that also be the case? Yes. Oh, you see. Then we do have the bar for spirits and similar, don't we? Yes, but that opens up the next topic, darling. Ghosts are deceased and fraction of souls who do not reside in the subtle levels. Yes, that sounds very, very convincing. And I think it's once again very complex, right? Ahoy. You want me to open another chapter on this, right? Yes, please. It's very extensive and important. Whoever understands the problems can increasingly understand the cosmos as a whole and remain in less and less worry, fear and anxieties. Who understands, feels and loves better the gift of being. You said that nicely. Okay. So we'll cover this topic later, the ghosts. Do you know if a son of man once happened that he did not return from such a consciousness journey, has found it in his basket? Yes. So to a human, not a son of man. 
Has it ever happened to a human that he did not find his way back to the body from such a journey? Yes, yes, such a thing can actually happen if the soul does not feel its energy field in the body for a while, it leaves the body. Or rather, the life force leaves the body, and as a result, the soul core and soul strength come together again. It's a bit like a magnetism that then leads back to each other. And this kind of magnetism, what can interrupt it while the soul is stretching out so much? I don't know, but it's actually possible. Maybe through attentions. Perhaps in these moments, the expansion of consciousness is the return to the home of the soul, to the soul core, like forgotten. And then this leads to the detachment from the body. Ah, do you know what I just remembered? I recall reports from people who have undergone past life regressions. Or where people, for instance, performed various rituals like ones in the pyramids to expand consciousness and then not found their way back into the body and subsequently died. Yes, something like that happened and always happens again. But it's basically without great danger. If you want to call it that, this risk exists. But the risk of soul mutilation cannot occur. Hmm. Such expansions of consciousness are consciously guided by free will. And this will bring everything back together. Only the unconscious, wrongly lived rituals carry risks for the soul itself. I understand. Does that mean that the soul in such cases has drifted so far with its consciousness? You could say that she more or less forgot that she is actually incarnated. That can be put so bluntly, can't it? Yes, Ansont de Sa. To use an image from your human world, one could say she has lost her way. What I find extremely fascinating about the whole story is the fact that one can keep the soul in one place. The soul core while you travel only with consciousness. I mean, I experience it myself every day. My entire creation here. But the fact that this works incredibly fantastically, that attention can be directed so, and you really get information as if you were traveling there. It's like teleporting. Whatever that is. But I find it perfect for traveling the cosmos. Yes, that's true. Exactly. There are people who read aura fields and the energy field of the soul. Then they read certain color characteristics in the force fields and this color make the cocktail in the end. Soul cocktail, as you beautifully put it, that's the cocktail of soul energy, right? And the purer the soul power is, the brighter and wider it shines, right? Correct. Can you say it in your own words? In meters... What is the maximum a normal soul power can stretch in the body so the aura field can stretch? No, I can't say that. Too bad, it was good. One last question comes to my mind. If the soul power logically animates the entire body, can one name a place where the soul core is located? Well... Oh, where is it? 
in the belly chakra, in the solar plexus. Oh, not in the heart? No, the heart is nevertheless the engine of this power in interaction with the cosmos. Mm. But if you ask about the core of the soul, here's the sun in your body and the solar plexus, as you so nicely say. That means the whole soul fills the whole body, every cell. Yes. And their engine is in the heart, their core in the solar plexus. That's how it is. The heart bundles the frequency of love power and makes the connection into the cosmos with it. If the heart is blocked or weak, the connection to the cosmos is harder to feel. It's a complex in which the heart and soul core interact together. Nice. I would have thought that the soul resides in the heart, I must tell you honestly. The heart has a different function, love. If it were to house the soul core, it couldn't work so actively within the body. Both exclude each other. Just imagine it once, like a picture. It requires a purely energetic, almost non-organic location that houses the soul core. Mm. The heart is one of the most active organs in your body with its many, many beats. There you don't want to rest the soul. That's not possible, Yes, that's Ulgis. right. That makes sense, thank you. You explained that really nicely again. There we have them again, the two building blocks, consciousness and love. Consciousness comes with the core of the soul, resonating throughout the body. The soul power is soaked by the chai and love is preserved through the heart and maintains the connection to the cosmos in this way. And so we have them. The elements, love and love, and consciousness, which together with soul power, constitute the trinity of being. Wow! If the soul core is located in the solar plexus, that is, the cosmic consciousness is there, then it totally makes sense that one has something like a gut feeling, an intuition. So it's an expression of the soul's core, of the cosmic consciousness. Right? Correct. So love, consciousness and soul power as the trinity of being. Nice! That's a great formula. Then I'm at the end of my questions once again. And I have nothing more to add. Thank you for this beautiful chapter. Thanks, love. Thanks, love.